How good was that? Come on. It's so good to see each and every one of you here this morning. I'm just trying to get to my notes. There we go. Welcome to church. You guys doing all right? Amen. So good to have you. My name is uh, JP, and I have the absolute honor and privilege of pastoring this church alongside my beautiful wife, Rachel, and our amazing team. So it's so good to have all of you new people out there and family of Oasis. We're going to jump right in this morning. Uh, we've been going, actually we started last week, a new, brand new series entitled Unsearchable. And I really believe that as we're moving along in, in 2018, I think one of the things that we desperately need more than ever before in the church of Jesus Christ, the capital C, especially here in Oasis, is that we hear the voice of God. As many of you know, or maybe you grew up in church or around some people that went to church and you said, hey, I need some prayer, I, I'm going through this, and people would look at you and say, well, what is God saying to you? <laughs> some of you, like, my, like me, were like, I don't know, because <laughs> I don't know how to hear God. <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like. I don't know how he talks. I don't know what he says, right? That, that, is, a, that is an art. That is a, a, something that you learn over time as you walk and as you journey through this thing called faith. Amen? This is a faith journey. This isn't a sprint to get to the finish line. As much as I want to get to heaven, this is a journey. And as we journey, we learn. And as we learn, we grow deeper. And as we grow deeper, we are able then to hear and to understand the way that God moves. Amen? Amen? That is what we are talking about. That is where we're going these next couple weeks. And last week, we, we just discovered a, a beautiful story of this, uh, the boy Samuel. Samuel turned out to be a mighty man of God. And, and, and I, I preached a message that was really one that hit home for me, and I know many for you. It, it was just being able to dial in to the voice of God. How do we dial in to the right signal, to the right frequency? How do we get on the dial where Jesus is speaking? And it's a lot of ways, but some of those things I talked about was we got to make sure that the sin within our hearts, the things that separate us from God, the things that we are putting, better yet, in place of God, hello, that just isn't the sin that you all think about. There's some little things, there's some big things there that too, pride, gossip, all that stuff. It separates us from hearing the voice of God. And I said, hey, the more we can let go of the world, the more that we can fight that, the more that we can begin to serve then, we will then be able to know how God speaks. Amen? Was anybody encouraged last week by that? I was. I was really encouraged to know how, how we can get closer to God. That's all I want. I want to be closer to Jesus. And I want you to be closer to Jesus. So this week, we're jumping right in to a, a message titled, Listen for It. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Jeremiah Chapter 33, if you do not, we are judging you. Jokes, jokes, jokes. I'm laughing because my nephew says, every time he says something funny, he's like, jokes. So I, I heard it, I laughed, it was awesome. We're going to discover Jeremiah is a prophet. He is a mighty man of God, but he is a man of God that has been raised to hear the voice of God. He hears God very clearly. And Jeremiah, as we jump to chapter 33, is very much brokenhearted over the people of God. He has been trying to, to deliver the message to God's people. Jeremiah was a prophet. What is a prophet? That was the mouthpiece of God to the people of Israel before Jesus came and gave us his Holy Spirit. Hello. That is who we listen to. That is who we heed to. However, God used Jeremiah to speak to the people, and Jeremiah was not received very well. How many of you know you really start to find out who your friends are <laughs> when you start to preach truth? And you start to live out truth. 
Hello. If you think those friends are your friends that are just still wanting you to do the things that you don't want to do anymore, they're not your friends. They're not your friends. They may be people that you want to pray for and love and go after, but they're not your friends. Jeremiah, however, had a whole nation against him. (laughs) Some of you have one person. He had a lot of people against him. And you know what he said? I'm not going to waver. This is what God is speaking. This is what God is saying to the people, and I want to say it. I want to preach it. I want them to know how to listen for it. So Jeremiah 33, 1 through 9, it says this. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is the second time Jeremiah heard from God and now is speaking what he heard from God. You with me? Second time. Second time. This is what the Lord says, Jeremiah is saying. God who formed the earth and the Lord who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. Pause. He says the Lord a lot. You want to know why? Because Jeremiah is not saying. This is what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah is not concerned about his platform. He's not concerned about him being uh, given the credit to what is going on. He doesn't care about it. What he wants is it to be known very clearly that it is the Lord speaking. Amen? He makes that very clear and he says this. Call to me. This is what God says to the people. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the houses in this city and the royal palaces of Judah that have been torn down to be used against the siege ramps and the swords and the fight with the Babylonians. This gets crazy. They will be filled with the dead bodies of men. I will slay in my anger and wrath. I will hide my face from the city because of all its wickedness. Woo! Thank you, God, for that encouraging word this morning. What's going on? The people of, of Judah and Jerusalem, they, they are being attacked by the Babylonians. The Babylonians are coming after the people of God. I'm giving you some background so you understand. What in the world are we talking about this morning? Dead bodies, sieges? Oh, my God. It's being attacked. And Jeremiah is saying, hey, I told you. I already told you this was going to happen if you didn't do what God told you to do. So it's happening. Okay? It's happening. But I love these next couple scriptures piece of scriptures. It says, nevertheless, remember God just said all those things and God says, nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. Come on. I will heal my people and I will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. I will bring Judah and Israel back from captivity and will rebuild them as they were before. I will cleanse them from all the sin they have committed against me and will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. Then this city, then Chicago, then this city will bring me renowned joy, praise, and honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things I do for it and they will be in awe and will, be, will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. Whew. Jesus, these are your words. We ask right now that you open up the ears of our hearts to hear you. That we get a deeper revelation of who you are and what you say about us. God, we want you desperately. We need you desperately. So come, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen for it. As a young kid, I was one to never listen. Just being honest. I would hear advice. I would hear teaching from my parents, and I chose to do my own thing 99% of the time. That's just who I was. (laughs) Some of you are the same way still today as adults. Praise God. We're praying for you. We're believing for breakthrough. Amen. I was not one to listen. 
And oftentimes, I was just running from the thing to the thing to the next thing, and I would never listen or heed advice. It came to a point, though, when I was in high school, when I was down in Florida at my other aunt and uncle's house, and we were there visiting for some time. And we were so excited. I have a cousin that's the same age as me, and we were so excited that we were able to take their wave runners and go out onto the ocean and do some cool things. We were going to wave run in the ocean. Has anybody ever been jet skiing before? Have you ever been doing it on the ocean? It's wild. There's some waves out there that I'm just like, God help us. But we were so ecstatic. We were so ready that my aunt gets the, the things loaded up and she gets us there. And I remember her saying something to us. <laughs> something. But you know me and my cousin looked at each other and we were like, we're men. We're good. Whatever. Let's just get these things in the water. Let's go have some fun. Hello. And I was like, what a cool thank you so much for this. This is awesome. And we begin to go out, and I notice that we are going farther and farther and farther away from the beach, farther away from where we docked, uh, put them into the water. We are now in the middle, what I feel like, of the ocean. And I'm looking around going, this is awesome, and we're just smacking these waves, and they're smacking us. I got knocked off like two, three times, got back up, and then all of a sudden I get back up on this thing. And I turn the throttle, and it is dead. I mean dead, zero, like nothing. And I'm in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> my cousin is zipping around all over me, and I'm like doing one of those, like flagging him down. I took my life vest off. I'm like waving it like, man down, man down. Finally, he gets uh, the attention of what I'm doing, and he comes over to me. And he's like, bro, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. Something's wrong. And he's like, did you check the gas valve measuring thing, whatever it's called? I said, no. Sure enough, that thing was on E. E. I said, I thought you filled this up. He said, I thought you filled it up. I said, I thought you filled it up. No, I, we went back and forth for a few minutes. And then I said, how are we going to get this back in? I said, do you have a rope? He goes, no, I don't have a rope. He goes, just stay here in the water. I'm going to go back. <laughs> Great idea at the time. Just please go get somebody. 15, 20, 30. This is a true story. 30, 40. 45 minutes go by. I am now laying on this jet ski on the back of it. The waves are just hitting me. I'm going back and forth, back and forth like, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? Please help me. Eventually, my cousin comes back. He has a rope. He's got some gas in a tank. We fill it up, and we get back. And my aunt, <laughs> she's awesome. She said, hey, did you guys listen for what I said? Did you hear what I told you? And we said, no. We didn't even try to lie about it. She goes, I told you to put gas in the tank before you left the dock. I looked at my cousin. He looked at me. We just started laughing, and I said, my God, that could have been terrible. We were out in the middle of the ocean. There wasn't many boats out that day. I don't know how long I could have been out there. Maybe, just maybe, the National Guard, National Guard the, the, what is it, Coast Guard, National Guard, send everybody. Send them all. I don't care. <laughs> Come get me. But how many of you know I was smacked around by those waves? I was tossed and turned by those waves. I was at one point sitting on that thing going, man, I'm going to throw up because of the amount of waves that are hitting me. This is how we are today. We are not heeding the voice of God, and we are getting smacked around as the life of a believer. Better yet, we are getting smacked around just as people in general. 
We are more than ever before caught in this cycle, in this vicious cycle, where we are not heeding God's voice, and we are heeding the voice of the world, and it is leaving us empty. We are getting smacked. We're getting beat. We're losing out on the things that God has for us because we are not listening for it. We're not listening to what God has to say. See, we talked last week about how we have to get some things out of us, but once that happens, now we need to lean into how he actually speaks to us and what he says to us. I wonder if we're just done. If we come to the place today to just be done, trying to fight, trying to do our own things, trying to pull the levers of our own lives and say, God, do what only you can do. I, I no longer want to be tossed and turned. I no, longer, I no longer want to be smacked by the waves of this life. I no longer want to be hit. I want to heed your voice because your voice will keep me. Your voice will, will protect me. Your voice will, will not cause me to go and do my own thing. Jeremiah is the same person. He's, he's pleading with the people of God. He's pleading with the king. King Zedekiah is saying, king, please, Listen, listen to what I have to say. I, I believe this is from God, and, and God has nothing but the best for his people, but you guys aren't listening. You're going to get smacked. You're going to have a siege happen to your city. Some of you are having sieges, people seizing your heart because you've allowed the world to speak instead of God's voice to speak. I, I, I want a breakthrough to happen today. I, I don't have much to preach. But what I do have to say is I really believe going to give us a, a, a shifting of our minds and in our hearts. I, I pray that this morning that, that we discover, wow, this is what God says. And this is how he says it. And this is who he is in my life. I believe that this morning we need to listen up. We need to listen for it. Just like Jeremiah did. And there's some ways that God speaks. And if we are willing, see, this is where we draw a line. Can I be honest? We love faith when it's good. We love it when we need them. But this draws the line of us saying, hey, I need you every day. I want your voice every day. I want your guidance every day. I want your wisdom every day. I want your leading every day. I don't want to be tossed. I don't want to be broken. I don't want to keep feeling this way. I want more because how many of you know and believe that Jesus Christ has more in store for your lives than what you think he does right now? I believe that. When I say the best is yet to come, we say that in the church often. You know why? Because we believe it. I don't want to say, hey, you've met your best. Who would come to this church? I wouldn't. I'd be like, thank you so much. Because we believe as the church we should be empowering. We should be uplifting. We should be encouraging. And you know why? Because God is that way. We're going to speak truth. We're going to speak truth. But there's three things. When it comes, when you become dialed into the right signal and you begin to listen, you hear things from God that the world is not hearing. You stop allowing your situations to dictate what you listen to. Hello, and you be in the unsearchable things of God begin to be revealed. The first point that I get from this passage of Scripture is this. When God speaks, he will speak counter to the culture. Go back to chapter 32, verse 3. Zedekiah is the king that Jeremiah spoke to, and he says this in verse 3. 
Now Zedekiah, king of Judah, had imprisoned him, meaning Jeremiah, there, saying, Why do you prophesy as you do? You say, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to hand this city over to the king of Babylon, and he will capture it. Zedekiah, king of Judah, will not escape out of the hands of the Babylonians, but will certainly be handed over to the king of Babylon, and will speak with him face to face and see him with his own eyes. He will take Zedekiah to Babylon, where he will remain until I deal with him, declares the Lord. If you fight against the Babylons, you will not succeed. What is it happening? <laughs> Somebody like, I don't know. Please tell me. <laughs> Jeremiah is speaking to the king. The whole nation, catch this, including the king, is speaking something way different. That, that time leading up to this moment of Jeremiah in chapter 33, the entire time, the nation and the king were believing something opposite from what God was saying. God was speaking through Jeremiah a different picture is this making sense? A different picture than what the rest of the world and the rest of the nation was hearing for the people of God. When God speaks, it will always go against what the world is saying. We have, can I just preach for a second? We have now allowed more than ever before to allow culture to invade the church. We have. We gotta look like the world, we gotta talk like the world, we gotta act like the world, we gotta do the things that the world are doing in order to make the church cool, relevant, awesome, fun, hip. Yo, what up? <laughs> Instead of just saying that book and Jesus Christ is the most relevant thing to mankind today, we have allowed culture to speak to us as believers. We have allowed the voices of this world to come at us instead of saying, whoa, this is crazy. See, I, I, I want to ask you a question. How's that working for you when you listen to the world? See, there's one job of this world. You know what it is? To destroy you. I've never met anybody that has walked out of the world the world meaning just living a life for themselves. I've never experienced someone leave the world and go, that was awesome. <laughs> that, I had so much fun. It gave me everything I ever wanted. It was just so valuable. It was so worth it. I've never. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I, I believe that I'm not. I, I believe that when people walk out of the world and they walk into the freedom of Christ, they're like, whoa, that was nuts. What I was living in, can you believe it? Look at what God has done in my life. Like there are many of you in this room, there are many, 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 that you are testimonies of what God has done. You are testimonies of coming from the world to life. You are testimonies from coming to death, to adoption in Jesus Christ. And no longer do you have to listen to what the culture of the world says. It's what God has to say. Jeremiah stood in the face of a nation. He stood in the face of a nation. Not like five people. I get afraid when I got to talk to y'all. I don't like you as much. Like, just being honest, but I know I'm called and I know this is what I'm supposed to do. But man, it's not easy telling y'all, hey, sin is not good. It would be a lot easier to be like, yo, just do whatever you want. God loves you. I'd walk out of here high-fiving all y'all. Y'all would be like, yes, I found the church. I go home sometimes and I'm like, I don't want to preach that message because that's not what's inside of my heart of what God has done in me. I want to listen to God's voice so clear. 
I want to know what he has to say to you guys. You know why? Because I'm called to shepherd you, but better yet, God is a great shepherd. And he wants to shepherd your lives in such a way that he's like, yo, stop listening to that. Just listen to my voice. His voice doesn't call you to be the sexiest person in the world. Sex appeal is a joke. Ladies, all the ladies in the place, hello. Stop reading magazines that are telling you what to look like, that are telling you how to act. Yo, stop watching The Bachelorette. That ain't love. That's fake. It's so funny, though. I'm just confessing. My wife and I watch it. It's funny. It's awesome. I pray for them. I intercede for them. But we, ladies, you watch these shows and you see these images and you see the world that the world is telling you how to be and how to act. It's not Jesus' way for you. You are a child. You are a daughter of the King of Kings. He has so much more in store for you. Yo, if you're waiting for that Mr. Right, just keep waiting. If you become impatient, ask God to give you patience because you don't want Mr. Wrong. Fellas, you're next. We're awesome. You don't need to be this tough guy. You don't need to have it all together on the outside when you're just dying on the inside. You don't need to not be telling people, yo, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm fighting with. Yo, men, we can be strong and courageous, but we can have very tough skin but a soft heart. If we can start leading the way that God's called us to lead instead of the way that the world's telling us to lead, there is an attack on men today more than ever before. I'm not just talking about what's happening in mainstream media. I'm just talking about the lack of fathers. So men, let's be men of courage. Let's be men that say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to let the culture tell me how to live. I'm going to heed the voice of how God's telling me to live. I got a lot to say, but we have to take communion. So I'm just, I just really, truly, Jeremiah, man, what a mighty man. What a mighty example. This man has talked about for years upon years, thousands of years. We're still talking about this homie. You want to know why? Because he did what was right. He lived according to God's voice instead of the world's voice. This world is just talking craziness. It broke my heart this week. I had a lot of interactions this week that reminded me. Can I just be honest? It reminded me of why we do what we do. And I walked away from a few conversations just broken. Like, why, God? Why? Why don't people just see the goodness of you? And he he just said, just keep going. Keep fighting. Keep pressing in. But, you know, I I saw an incident happen this week where this young girl was being just taken away on a stretcher. And And I said to someone, I said, yo, what happened? He said, I don't know, but she's got marks all up on her arm. She's got needle marks all up on her arm. We don't know what happened. Her friends were just sitting there watching her have a seizure. And I'm like, my God, this girl's 15 years old. What is happening? You know what's happening? The church is listening to culture. The church is not listening to God saying, no, I'm going to fight for that one. I'm going to fight against drugs. I'm going to fight against sin. I'm going to fight against the things that do matter. I'm going to fight for the powerless. I'm going to fight against racism. It is. It's, you know what it is? You know what sin is? It, it, racism is. It's sin. It's sin. It's you allowing the world to tell you what you should think and believe instead of God telling you what you should think and believe. On to the next. We can't allow our situations to dictate the way God is speaking. If you want to listen for it, 
you got to stop allowing the situations you're walking in to dictate how you think God is speaking to you. See, Jeremiah is, verse 1 and 33 says this, while Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard. The courtyard of the guard. Do you know what that means? Prison. It's a fancy word for prison. It's a really nice prison. Courtyard of the guard. I would love that. If I ever, please send me to the courtyard of the guard, please. It's probably got Wi-Fi, couches, all that good stuff. This is true, though, because he made a deal with the king and said, hey, listen, I know this nation wants to kill me. The nation wanted to kill Jeremiah. And he said the king was was at least had the wherewithal to say, no, I I know this isn't what I want to hear, but he's speaking true. So you know what? I'm going to protect him. I'm going to put him in my prison. So he put him in the king's prison. But regardless, you know what it is? Prison. (laughs) You're locked up. Jeremiah is locked up in prison. He's not wandering through the palace going, let me just have the best time in the world. He's locked up in prison. But you know what I see from Jeremiah? He doesn't allow prison to stop him from hearing God's voice. It doesn't allow him to dictate that this isn't God speaking to me anymore. Because God, if you were to speak to me and I gave the words, you wouldn't put me in prison. No, Jeremiah stands up and says, oh, I got something to say. I want to save a nation. It wasn't to get famous. It wasn't to condemn people. It was to save a nation. You guys with me? But regardless, regardless of where he was at, he still said, no, he's still going to speak to me. I'm still going to heed his voice over the world's voice. I'm not going to allow counter or the culture to, to, to counter what God says. I want God to tell me what he may say. Some of you all have to stop allowing the situations that you're sitting in to dictate the way that you feel God is speaking to you. You have to wake up and you got to stand up and you need to say, no matter where I'm at right now, God, whether I'm in the prison or the palace, whether the pit or the palace, God, no matter where, you, where I'm at, you are still good and still going to speak to me. You're going to show me the things of who I am. You're going to show me the son that I am, the daughter that I am. You're going to reveal your beauty to me even if I am stuck in a prison. Because this faith, right, it's got ebbs and flows. It's the mountaintop down to the valley. Back up to the mountaintop down to the valley. I don't know where in scripture it says you're just going to have this life. It doesn't. If you think that, Let me tell you, doesn't. What it says is you're going to have some great experiences, and you know why you have those great experiences? To be reminded of how good God is. And then you're going to have these experiences where you're going into the valley. You know what's awesome about Scripture? It says you're not going to stay in the valley. It says you're going to walk through the valley of shadow of death. Good news is Jesus is going to walk you through it. He's going to bring you out of it. And then you're going to go start back up into the high top, and you're going to remember how good God is. And then you're going to go back down to the valley and be like, oh, my gosh, this is what I'm This is the life of a believer. Sign me up. (laughs) But what's awesome is, is it, should never dictate how you feel and sense what God is speaking. In the valley, he's speaking protection. On the mountaintop, he's speaking protection. In the valley, he's speaking truth. On the mountaintop, he's speaking truth. In the valley and in the mountaintop, regardless of the in-between, he's still speaking the way he wants to speak. Will you say, hey, listen, I still choose to hear you? Because guess what? When something bad happens... Myself included, I'm out. I start running for security of my own life, the things that I know to put security in that are going to help me. Oh, this is a word. This is, my wife and I have walked through some trials. 
and you have too. But I could look at her and say, babe, we're done. Like, not us, forever. <laughs> but this, but this, this thing called faith, I, I want to be done. Uh, this is too hard. I'm done. I feel like God hasn't done what he promised he would do in my life. I feel like God hasn't given us what he said he would give us. I feel like I'm just done. Instead of saying, whoa, put the brakes on. He's good. He's worthy. He's all so good to me. His love endures forever. I wake up in the morning knowing that his unfailing love is for me and not against me. His grace is sufficient. My powerless, he's powerful. Do you believe that when your situations look dark, when your situations look like there's no answer, that God is still going to speak to you? Do you trust that today? It's a choice. Can I, can I be honest? It's a choice. You don't need to run to social media to get all the answers. You don't need to run to your friends before you go to God and say, give me advice. Some of y'all just need to start going to God first instead of your friends first. Do you believe that God wants to speak to you regardless of what may be in front of you? Because he spoke to Jeremiah, and the word that was then is still the word today. And I believe that God is still the same what? Yesterday, today, and forever. He wants to speak regardless of the situation. The last thing is this, and the band's going to come. Is this encouraging you? I pray that this is a word that you see that Jeremiah just didn't waver. He didn't stop. He kept going. He kept pursuing. He kept running. And I believe through the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives inside of us, he is doing the same thing today. The third thing is this. The unsearchable things of God show us his heart. See, once you get over not allowing culture to dictate what you believe and what you hear and how you should be, once you get over all that, because that might take some time. Can I be honest? You might have to delete some numbers. Hello. You might have to cancel uh, some things. You might have to get some accountability for the things that you're dealing with. You might have to seek out people here in this church that are going to love you regardless of what you're walking through and say, I need help. I need help now. You can do that here. Can I just say that? I need to say that. You can do that here in this place. You can walk through these walls and into these doors and you can say, hey, I don't got it all together. I need help. And we're going to help. We're going to help. Amen. That should be the most thing. Woo! But once you get over culture just dictating how you live and you start to stop allowing the, the situations and the circumstances that are in front of you to, to tell you how God is going to speak to you instead of saying, no, he's still going to speak. I'm going to listen. Then... He will show you the unsearchable things. What do you mean unsearchable, JP? This whole sermon series title is just messing with me. Can I not find God's voice? No, you can. You know what's beautiful about God? <laughs> he speaks stuff that only he can speak. That's the beauty of God, right? He doesn't speak stuff that I'm speaking. Right? I, I try my best to be his mouthpiece. I try his, my best to, to give you insight into his word. But when you get alone with God and you really dig in, and you get on your knees, and you just start to begin to say, God, I want to know you deeper. I'm calling. I'm calling to you. Will you answer me? Will you come and meet me? When you start to do that, can I just be real for a second? He will answer you. It may not be that day. It may be the next day. It may be a week, a month, a year. Because you know what the unsearchable things mean in Scripture? Hidden things. See, God, God, I'm going to do my best. God, God puts, for the sake of words, walls, walls up, 
He tears down our walls and our hearts, but then he puts up these walls, these, these things to hide his things behind them. You want to know why? You want to know why God says, hey, I want to show you my heart. And my heart is so big, it's so good that there are layers to this. There are layers to this. I heard a Macklemore song just come to my head, but I'll just leave it alone. There are layers to this stuff. And as the layers are there, you got to start asking me to remove them. Because you know why? If there were not layers to his heart, if there were not things that are keeping you, you wouldn't need them. Is that, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't need them. If you just cried out to God today and said, God, show me your heart, and he showed you everything, well, why would you need them? You got it all. It's like getting answers to the test before the test. Don't act like none of you ever did that. I didn't need to sit in class when I had the answers to the test. I didn't. I had the answers. I walked into that class like, woo-hoo-hoo. We in here. This is happening. This is what happens when we stop saying, God, I need you today more than yesterday. God, I need you to reveal your heart more today than you did yesterday. God, I'm going through some stuff today, but I know that your heart is for me and not against me, that you're going to speak things to me just like he spoke to Jeremiah that says, nevertheless, I'm going to build this city because I'm still God and I'm still good. And regardless of what this nation does, regardless of how this city acts, regardless of how this world acts, I'm still going to move. I'm still going to show you secret things that only you will understand, that only the church will understand. When the world is screaming, when the world is throwing, you can stand firm. You can stand right here. Say, show me, show me the deeper things. Take these lenses off my eyes that I only see certain things. I want to see all of your beauty. I want to see what you have in store for me, God. I believe today he's going to show some people some deep things. I believe that he's revealing things in hearts right now that are, that are only for you to see. What you have, what he wants to show you is for you. It's not for JP. Isn't that awesome? That he's a God of just being specific with people. Whoa. What do you mean? He knows you. He knows you by name. He knows every hair on your head. He knows you from the beginning of time when he put you together in your mother's womb. So if he knew you then, he knows you now. And he wants to speak things to you now that only you are going to be able to hear. And I believe when you begin to come to grips with, wow, God, you're awesome. <laughs> this is an adventure. And I love the adventure. And I'm excited about the adventure. And I'm trusting, just like Jeremiah trusted, that you are going to speak and you're going to show some hidden things and you're going to rebuild a city. You're going to rebuild families. You're going to rebuild streets. You're going to rebuild homes. You're going to rebuild relationships. You're going to restore marriages. You're going to dismiss anxiety. You're going to dismiss depression. You're going to dismiss suicidal thoughts. You are going to show some hidden things for people that only they can know about. Do you believe that this morning? It's a line. Saying, yeah, this is the faith I want to live. This takes us from just being on the sideline to in the ball game. Going, whew, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm listening for it. God, I'm, I'm, I'm listening for it. Speak. Speak, Lord. Show me the things that you have only in store for me. I'm listening, Lord. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? So, Jesus, this morning, we, we just say, speak. We're calling out to you. And as we call out to you, we know, like your word said to Jeremiah, that you are going to hear us and you're going to show us. I pray, God, today that we hear you. 
And that you show us the great things that you have in store. Father, I pray for, for identity to be placed in people's hearts this morning. For destinies and futures to be placed in people's hearts this morning. God, I pray for relationships that may need to be dismissed to be dismissed this morning, God. I pray for people that are lacking the courage to stand up. That they will have the courage uh, heard from you this morning to be able to stand up. God, I pray for people that have been battling and battling and and battling, trying to to just do it on their own, that this morning, Jesus, that surrender will come. That, God, you'll show them the secret things, the unsearchable things, the hidden things that you have in store for them, God. I speak this over this church. I speak it over every person at the sound of my voice, that this morning, God, they will know you are good and you are for them. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I want people to even first and foremost just have the opportunity to even say, man, I just need Jesus this morning. I've been running. I haven't been heeding that voice, that still soft voice that he speaks. I want to know that peace that you've been talking about. I want to know that joy that you've been talking about. I don't know who's in the room. I don't know if anybody's in the room, but I believe that God has some work to do. So if you just said today, hey, you know what? I'm done. I've tried this world. This culture of this world has just left me empty. I want to hear God's voice this morning. If that's you in this room, on the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up, and we're going to pray a prayer, a prayer of faith that we believe just gives you the opportunity to get close and be a child of God. Your life is forever changed. Your sin is forgiven. It's washed. So if you're in this room this morning, you've been running from that voice. You've been running from God. You've been heeding culture instead of Christ. I want you on the count of three to slip your hand up. One, he loves you. Two, he died for you. Three, he wants to spend eternity with you. If you're in the room, slip your hand up. I see him. Keep him up. I see him. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. As a church body, can we pray this prayer together with them out loud? Jesus, I receive you today. Forgive me. Wash me clean of my sin. I'm sorry. I'm yours. And you are mine. Walk with me. Speak to me. I love you, Jesus. I receive your spirit this morning, Jesus. Thank you for your cross and for that empty tomb in Jesus' name. So, Father, for each and every person that lifted their hands this morning, we believe that heaven is throwing a party, and we are rejoicing with them, God, for the goodness, for the grace, for the endless pursuit of your people, God. We thank you that what was lost is found today, Jesus, and that you're going to continue to move across this city, move across your people. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name.